morning, guys. Welcome to Beyond the Notion with me, Chloe Ferguson. Thank you for listening. Today, we have uh, a very, very nice guest and a very talented songwriter called uh, Richard Mark. So welcome, Richard. Hi, Chloe. Good morning. I, uh, I, have, I was going to be honest, guys, I've not heard really any of uh, Richard's music, except for the song we're going to talk about today called Put It In A Postcard. And I became quite addicted to this uh, when I listened to it this morning. But yeah, this song is, I, I don't like to put uh, genre labels on people, but I am curious to know sort of what you would call it, like what genre you'd call this song. I'd probably just class it as indie pop, I guess. It's quite generic, but... Um... Like it, it's not. I feel like it's not like poppy enough to be pop. To look like to be pop, but it's yeah. uh, it's a bit more left field, a bit more indie than than that. But it's not so much that you could just call it indie or folk or anything. Like it's too electronic to be folk, I guess as well. It's nice. It's very edgy, and you've got uh, the production. It's self-produced. Yeah, yeah. So I, like this is my first sort of venturing into. Well, not my first. But my first sort of venturing into sort of the more pop music world as an artist, because I've done a lot of, I've done production for people in the last sort of five or six years. Wow. Um, and that's been my main thing, sort of writing and producing for other artists. And then wow. uh, I just sort of, in, in lockdown, I started writing a bunch of material and I was like, you know what, I want to release this myself. Yeah. Um, it's nice that you've had that practice, I suppose, because then it's your own works. So it must be cool to be like, oh, I can actually do that now with my own art yeah and do whatever you want with it without anybody saying probably can we have it more this way or that's cool I didn't know yeah, you were a yeah what one thing I like about working with other people is um you've got that sort of that board to bounce other ideas off and things like that mm. whereas if you're just doing it all yourself sometimes I think you can get a bit bogged down in it and um get stuck and it also it can all quite sound quite same even whereas if you're working with another artist and or even another producer and you've just got someone to go yeah this works this doesn't work you know you could do this slightly differently and it's just it just gives you other ideas um a lot of stuff whereas, like, say, with, with yourself you've got all that control and yeah and you're kind of yeah. probably thinking at some points i know because i self-produce uh not too well but it is that thing where is that okay though and then you kind of do that thing where you're wasting time sending it to people not not all the time but i've got like a a like like a whatsapp group of, of friends who i studied with in cardiff and i'll be like i want them to listen to it and you sort of don't trust yourself in some ways because you're you're thinking you know if, if you did have a producer i suppose they could be you know it's good but as an outsider or as like a second opinion yeah but i don't know I, I still think it's good though i still think it's awesome and it's uh it's nice to know i suppose you did all of this yourself then this put it on a postcard yeah yeah, yeah i mean i've got a friend from uni um so I, I studied songwriting at uni um, and that was like an amazing environment and I've made some friends there that, that are sort of fan, all fantastic musicians and writers and I think that's really useful and like say having a group of people to sort of bounce ideas off and get feedback I think that's so important and I've got a group of sort of three or four people that I send songs to and be like tell me what you think like don't hold back um, but there's one of my friends Lauren who I, I worked with her on her EP which is called Honest uh, she's called Lauren Alex Hooper uh, and we that we finished releasing that EP at the end of last year in sort of October, end of October, I think it was. Um, so I wrote and produced with her on that EP. And then sort of in turn, she's uh, she, she's a fantastic writer and she sort of she helped me finish off a lot of the songs that are on this project that I'm doing here. 
Um, so like I did like the main draft for this song, I wrote really quickly. I just sort of, I was just scrolling through Instagram or whatever one morning as you do. And I saw this post that was like something really cheesy and kind of cringy, I guess. But it was, it was about like, there's a hundred ways that you could have broken my heart. And then obviously that gave me the idea for the chorus um, of the song where I've got the line, there's a hundred other ways you could break my heart. And like that sort of sparks the whole song, which then I like, I wrote the whole, like the first draft of the song in like half an hour, an hour or something like that. It was really quick. Um, on an acoustic guitar as well it sounds it sounds completely different on an acoustic guitar well, um, yeah. and then I took the song to Lauren and sort of she helped me finish it off and refine some of the lyrics and sort of make sure it's in this polished finished state I, I love the um, I love the uh, there are other ways you could have broke my heart because when you listen to these lyrics it's a very it's not like how can I put it it's, it's not simple but it's very obvious what you're trying to say but the whole you could have put it in a postcard to me sounds it's almost like, I don't know if your intention was to be sarcastic, but it's like you could have, because postcards, obviously, I don't know about you, but when I've written postcards when I've been away or just on holiday yeah. somewhere, it's you're quite rushed for time, like with your, sorry, well, like and space as well. You've got a limited yeah. space. I don't know if that was what you were trying to write, but I liked yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was kind of like a little bit flippant in a way. Like, yeah. you know, there's like, obviously there's, the story is like this this person that broke up me with broke up with me with a text message um we've true? been you know like that's based, a true story. yeah based based uh, on a true story i'm sorry yeah that's all right i my my current girlfriend keeps uh joking that she knows how to break up with me in the yeah, future exactly. um <laughs> but on a postcard you know, the, the, the story was that um yeah we'd been away over the summer as, as you do um and we'd not seen each other for for like a month six weeks or something like that and then like we came back and she just broke up with me with a text and I was kind of obviously sad that the relationship was over but I was like there's just a, the the song is more like it's not angry that the relationship is over not sad that it's over you know it's more like angry at how it was done and just like asking why did you do it like this um you know you could have done it there's so many better ways you could have handled the situation um yeah yeah so yeah and the, po the postcard thing is quite flippant it's like a little thing and it like ties in with the being away over the summer and you know you go away on some holiday and send someone a postcard and it's just like you know it's, it's it would have like, been some like even just a little bit of thought about the the thing you know, a postcard shows that you thought about it and text is just impersonal it really is yeah guys if you're listening don't don't do it on a text not, not many people do that anymore i mean some people might say hey what's up you know, it, it, but it's the same thing, isn't it? It's very, it's it's sort of like you're not really even phoning someone. I'm surprised you didn't phone yeah. me, to be honest, not being too was, personal. But yeah, when I was when I was listening to the radio at some point in the lockdown over the summer, um, there was there was one of the I can't remember who was presenting, but they were talking about like um, obviously with people not seeing each other and like Zoom and everything like that. They're saying who who's like done a breakup over Zoom um, instead of like going in person because obviously we couldn't go in person so like is this the next best thing to do now yeah i never thought about it like that that's a that's a separate podcast i think but that's quite an interesting one i suppose that's the nearest thing you can do to you know when you're living away from someone but 
No, I'm I'm sorry. I, d- I did think it was a true story, and I was going to ask, like, if it, if it was it in the last few, was it like a recent time when you wrote it, or was it a few years? No, ago? it was it was a few years ago now. Um, and I wrote I wrote a few songs about it at the time, but I was still a fairly new songwriter at the time, and they were all terrible. Um, so it was quite cathartic to have like an actually decent song about the situation. It like. It, it was it felt good to sort of finally say what I wanted to say in a good yeah. way rather than just something that was really bad that I'd written a long time ago yeah and the fact you said it, heard those songs. yeah well you said it was kind of when you first started writing I guess and yeah maybe I think that the power of that simplicity it's the whole I've said it before guys but sometimes not all the time you have to you know sometimes it's all about the sophistication of the song and your lyrics your melody but I think sometimes especially in pop simplicity is key is that Einstein said keep it simple because it hits you yeah you know what I mean it hits you harder I heard it when I put yeah, it I on think... in bed I was like it's there you know but the thing, one thing that annoys me when people talk about pop being simple is they put it down for being simple. But I think it's incredibly difficult to write a simple song. That's I and like that a lot. It, I like that. Like without it sounding boring. Like there was some someone who I was at uni with who wrote a song called Crush, and the song is fantastic. But the core, like the chorus, is just the line "I just want to be your crush," and then crush 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 and the song says the word crush in it about 70 times but it's a fantastic song exactly i like that's a really good i might actually call that for this episode i usually try and take a quote from the person i'm talking to and you said what did you say it's hard to write a easy song or something what did you it's hard to to make a good it's difficult to write a simple pop song yeah i like that a lot actually even though that's something i think we all know subconsciously even stuff like Adele, I remember my dad saying that uh, Someone Like You by Adele is like the best pop song ever. No one doesn't like it. And I'm thinking like, no, it's not. It's three chords. And he said, that's the power of it. You've got Chasing Cars mm. as well. Like, let's waste yeah. time, Chasing Cars. It's, you know, it, probably one of the most played songs of 2006, if you guys remember. Uh, I had it on when I was 13. It was it was great. Yeah. But I, I, used to, I used to cover that a lot when I was, when I was doing stuff as a teenager. Did you have any particular influence in terms of either music or lyrics for this uh, lyrics we've kind of spoken about, but did you have any reference song or did any of your favorite artists kind of be your influence in this song? Well, I don't know. I, I love Taylor Swift. Um, oh, and I'm very nice. unashamedly love Taylor Swift. Um, and I think she, she's got a lot of influence in my writing in general. Um, which some of it is less obvious than others, um, but one of the one of the uh, and like yeah, you can see the Taylor Swift thing like in right at the beginning of the song with that intro with the vocoder that she does that quite a lot on the on on some of her albums that she did before folklore. Like I think there's a couple of tracks on Reputation and on Lover as well, where yeah. she has that similar style of thing. Um, you know, vocoders get used all the time, but I love it. I love the texture it gives. Um, but a big influence on the track was like, particularly with that main synth riff that runs through it, was Fireflies by Al City. Nice. One of my favourite songs. Yes. Um, yeah. And then you've got that weird outro section at the end of the song, which uh, one of my friends suggested that I could do something. Because I, like, I got to the end of the song. The song was like two minutes long. And I was like, this... I've, I've said everything that I want to say, but the song doesn't really feel like it's finished yet. 
I feel like I, I want to add something to it. And uh, a couple of my friends in, in like that I sent it to suggested having this sort of C section because the 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 songs just verse chorus verse chorus verse chorus. There's no bridge or anything like that. Um, and they were like, you could have this third section that's completely new and have it as an outro and then I got the idea of that actually from Mr Blue Sky by ELO which has this completely different outro section at the end of the song um, stylistically a little bit different and sonically but like the principle of the the idea is the same I guess nice blend of uh, classic pop artists there so you've got a bit of Taylor Swift in the texture the instrumental textures you've got a bit of the Fireflies which I think is one of the most colourful if you if you yeah. visualise that song it's it, especially when it came out in 2010, if you remember, everyone, even people who were into really pop, yeah, it, it, it's very, uh, it's just interesting. It's very imaginative. And um, yeah, I, you don't even know how he's, I, I love going on my, the synths on logic and stuff, but I still don't really know how he created this. It's all over the place. And, um, and then you've got, like you said, Mr. Blue Sky. That's quite a nice, solid three, three you know, three artists there i mean our city his stuff there's so many nice synths and i actually really like i don't i'm not really a massive fan but i love listening when i'm just sort of in the mood it's kind of feel-good music and yeah very he doesn't care it's like painting a canvas it's like he's got he's painting synths um so yeah that's really nice it's nice to hear a lot of people sort of on this show they're, they're like i've got a lot of influence but this song was just we kind of i don't really know what influenced it but you seem quite solid in knowing what you like you know? Yeah, I mean, it's something I think about a lot. Like, reference tracks are so important when you're producing, yeah. and it's something that if I'm producing other artists, I always want a couple of reference tracks. Um, not like you wouldn't necessarily copy it directly, but just so that you know the general area that you want to create yeah. the sound in. And if you're straying away from it, you can kind of be like, yeah, but it's lost its sort of um, its kind of guide. And and, and to me, I wouldn't have ever, obviously, because your chord progressions aren't mirrored to Fireflies or Mr. Blue Sky, it, yeah. it doesn't sound like the same song. You're, you're basically, it's not your ghostwriting, is it? You know, you're, no, you're actually... it's just taking, like, taking that little idea and building on top of it and turning it into something else and remoulding yeah. it. So it's, you know, it's, it's just a, an idea and it sparks something else. Yeah. That's the way it goes, really. And you put it on a postcard. What is, uh, is this going to be released on, you think you have told me, but I've completely forgot. Is this coming up on an album or a, a upcoming EP? So, yeah. So like, like I said, I, I, in lockdown, I started writing this, the whole bunch of new material um, just because I had so much time that I didn't previously. Yeah. Um, and I, I was so productive at the start of the first lockdown. It was amazing. Um, I haven't been so productive in my life ever before. Wow, since. that's that's good. Uh, Something was, good that's amazing. coming out of it. Really good yeah. feeling. Um, so yeah, I've got an an EP that I'm going to be releasing sort of over the course of the year, um, nice. as basically as a bunch of singles. Um, it's it's going to be called Mixtape Volume One. Um, Mixtape, so, nah, it's kind of vintage. Yeah. yeah, well, the whole the whole a lot of the sort of the aesthetic about around the tracks around the, the projects and the songs and all the visuals is very vintage so um i i do photography as well as a hobby um and take you know I, well I, I take do photo shoots with some of my friends and things like that and uh i like shooting on film and a lot of the promo photos 
that I'm using sort of around the project were taken on film. Um, ah, you screenshot it or then, something, I'll take it from that. Yeah, and then I've got um, on on the on the songs as well. I've got sort of a lot of vintage emulation processing on it, and like I've got vinyl sound, like a, a vinyl crackle sound effect that runs through like the whole track. That's and actually, right at the start, the very start of the this track, the first track on the EP, um, there's a, a clicking noise before any of the music kicks in, oh, which I don't know if you've registered or not. And that is a sample of someone pressing play on an old-fashioned oh, cassette so player. Cool. Is that and put it on a postcard? Yeah, it's oh, the, have to the first thing that. you hear on the track. No it does way. this click and then comes in with the vocoder. Um, and then so, at so the good. end of the last track, I've got I've sort of mirrored it with someone with sort of the the pressing stop sound effect. So it's, that's so cool. So like it's, it's on an old it's tape different. recorder from yeah. the '90s or something like that that we all used to yeah. use. That's so yeah, cool. I had I one didn't... of them as a kid. I probably thought it was something to do with, I don't know, something that maybe that was on my phone when I first listened to it. I know just the Vakoda, but maybe I probably did hear it and sort of think, because no one really does that now, but I find that really cool. Like, I like yeah, that a like lot. It's, Context, it's you know. That, that people might necessarily pick up, but it's just something that ties in with the whole the whole project it's, and yeah. sort of that vintage aesthetic. It's given it a theme, which, and also yeah. you mentioned the, the art, which I looked at before because you sent me a few pictures and, uh, I, I could tell you're into your aesthetic because it does have this, um, not like, I can't say filter. I mean, you told me now it's from the film, which I think is really cool, but I like mm. as well, you've got this and you could tell me about this because I love just looking behind the music as well, or rather in front of the music, what else, but you've got this picture. I think it's you and, and it's, you've kind of got a anonymous cloud blur a cloud over your face which is i've yeah. seen this in one other artist recently a, a really good artist from cardiff she she does the same thing she hides her face um but yeah so tell us about that is, is that just part of it as well is that just something the anonymity yeah it? <laughs> so it, it, i mean part of that ties in you know i like i said i've been producing other people for sort of the last five or six years before that i had my i was doing like a singer songwriter acoustic folk artist thing um as a solo artist uh like just me and an acoustic guitar under a, a different um artist name and then I sort of got to this point where I realized I wasn't really enjoying doing that um I wasn't enjoying being like the front person of a band or like of, a, of an artist project and I just sort of stopped doing that and realized like actually I just want to work with other people and be behind the scenes so the sort of the the hiding the face on on all of the artworks for the project coming up, like the face is hidden by the cloud, um, cool. and it sort of ties in with that uh, of not wanting to be the front person mm. of of the project and sort of sort of staying hidden a little bit. Um, I like even it a lot. Though, like in in other promo bits, like you know the the cloud isn't there and you can see my face, but yeah, yeah, on the artwork it's it's there. So. I really like that actually. It's really cool. I'll show. I'll put that on probably the podcast. Uh, after obviously choose a picture for the podcast, and I'll, yeah. I'll also I put it on Instagram. So I, just so that the guys know what I'm talking about who haven't seen or heard your stuff, I'll do that just as context because that's really cool. Uh, yeah. Also, I there's so many little things I wanted to ask you. I was I'm trying to think which route to go down now. I was going to ask you a little bit about uh, Richard was telling me 
before we started the recording, guys, about how he's been to probably the hotspot of songwriters, uh, which would be Nashville in the US. So, like, tell us what, like, well, I'm literally curious, to be honest. I don't even really think people might care, but I really want to know sort of what, how did you get that opportunity? So it, it started when I was at uni. So I, I did a songwriting degree at uni um, in London at ICMP. And as part of that course for the second year students, they ran a, uh, a trip to Nashville. Because wow. um, like I say, Nashville is the home of songwriting, really. Like it's, it's, ama- it's an amazing place to be and so inspiring. And one of the things, obviously it's famous for country music, but it's so much more varied than that. And particularly now, like there's a lot of pop music comes out of Nashville. Uh, and they, one of the, one of the things that sort of came out of Nashville is called the writer's round where traditionally you'd have a bunch of songwriters sit sat in a circle in the middle of a room and sort of the, the, the audience would sit around them. Um, so you'd have, you know, you'd have your back. Some of the, some of the performers would have their backs to you and some would be facing you because they'd be sitting in a circle facing each other, facing inwards and you'd all be around the outside here. And they, they basically talk about their songs they've written and sort of play them in a really stripped back version of just a piano and vocal or a guitar and vocal and it's sort of fascinating to to hear them talk about these songs in this stripped back way and sort of just hear them back to their bare bones wow. um and every year in nashville there's this festival called timpan south where they have a hundred shows over the course of a week when they have some you know some massive name artists playing um and talking about these massive number one hits so you know um, uh, a, a lot of it is country as well so you know there's Liz Rose who wrote a lot of Taylor Swift's early music with her um, plays pretty much every year um, and but then you've got people like um, Desmond Childs played a couple of times and he wrote he's written with people like Aerosmith and Bon Jovi you know he he wrote Living on a Prayer oh, wow. and last time I was out there he you know just hearing him play that just like him and a piano and talking about how how they wrote it is insane and um you know there's some of the people who were wrote things like um like some songs for jason derulo and uh, the, i can't remember her name but the one of the people who wrote if i were a boy okay. which obviously like massive beyonce tune and just like hearing that in its original form is so inspiring but also terrifying in equal measure <laughs> Yeah, I bet. I bet it was kind of like, you kind of probably assess, I know I'd be sort of, you, you pick up so many things from that experience, but you'd probably be, yeah, I, I'd be quite in awe if I heard all those songs, because they're very big songs, especially Living on a Prayer. I mean, I would have assumed yeah. that was actually written on a guitar, you know, you can, I'm just hearing it in my head now, and you, you wouldn't have thought someone sat down at a piano, but I suppose that's the beauty of what you guys got to see was, as you say, they kind of walk you through the, the production, well, yeah, the creative production of it as well. And Yeah, I mean, like I said, they don't, if, if they play it on a piano, it doesn't, wasn't necessarily written on the piano, but it's just their medium of... Like melody of and harmony and stuff, song. yeah. And like this, you know, it might, might he wrote it with the band, obviously, just write it by himself. And then, so they'd have been in a room and like, I guess some of them would have guitars, some would have pianos and mm. there'd be a mix of people throwing in different ideas and things like that. But it's just interesting hearing them talk about yeah. their processes. What year did you go? So I first went out in, I think it was 2016. Wow. Uh, and I've been out three or four times that since so then. Cool. Um, That's I was amazing. due to go out last year. Uh, 
at the end of March and then uh, oh, something happened something happened you see this thing yeah, happened I can't, can't, you know? can't quite remember what happened I, no it's, it's, I don't think it's been brought up since no. <laughs> um, that's really unfortunate but at the same time I think you've, you were very fortunate to go out for about four three years whatever yeah uh, there are so many Nashville is the place isn't it it's what we all look at on YouTube right. it's it's where people want to go obviously like you said you're a, you're a Swift fan and she's I know she kind of her roots are sort of I used to really like her actually when she was younger I still think she's an icon I'm just not as much I think I can't she keeps releasing things and I'm like I can't, can't I, keep up. yeah I can't she's like she's on a train and I'm just sort of trying to catch the train and two yeah. albums last year like what and there's people who've been on this show who've said even they felt a bit not threatened but a bit how do you do that how do you push out so mm. much music when you're that status you think let's calm down for even an online tour in covid but um she I know she's she's probably one of the best of our time especially um because she's been through so many genres as well, Taylor. She yeah. started in that country scene and now she's what? Like she did Reputation, which was just pure pop, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Sorry, guys, I'm going off on, it's, you know, it's meant to be talking about Rich, but I should talk about Taylor. Um, <laughs> but it's good to reference though, I think. And um, I'm really glad that you got to do that. I just really wanted to know, sorry if you guys, uh, a little bit unrelated, but I just, I think that, that's fascinating. Like, it's great. It's great as well how you did the songwriting course. I can kind of tell by uh what i call creative lingo the way that you're talking about your you know these instrumental elements and components i, I could tell you've got the yeah. i also did songwriting uh only for one year uh in cardiff about two years ago so it's kind of like i see that you're um it's nice to talk to someone else who's done it actually even though yeah. they're different courses uh, i think yeah it's, it was such a valuable experience to me like doing that course like the actual piece of paper that's my degree i don't really care about yeah. like it's a paper that says I've got a degree, but what is really important was like the like the knowledge of of writing songs and sort of getting told about it. And it's not like you have to do this to write a song. It's it's helping you explore your own voice. Yeah, I guess it sounds kind of cheesy, but no, it is. And a lot of people don't think of it like that. I know a lot of people. You know, maybe I shouldn't put this in, or maybe I'll cut this out. But a lot of people did um, bad feedback because they were trying to make it something. Uh, the whole element of subject being subjective, not subjective, but I kind of agree yeah. with you. I, I found that I, I was able to kind of show myself and be open and be comfortable in my writing skin. And my tutor would yeah. mark me down, but he would then say in, in secret, he would say, Chloe, don't let me, uh, what's the word? I'm not going to build you as another artist. He said, you might not have hit the spot in terms of poetry and strophic, you know, but he said, you're, uh, go out there and be yourself because you as an artist are great. He said, but for what I want at the moment, the, the poetry and like the prosody in a song, he said, you didn't quite do it. It's, it's like a 68%. But I like yeah, that. I was, you know, saw me in the lunch break yeah. saying, do what you want. I was like, that means a lot, you know? Yeah. I mean, like the, the most valuable thing for me about the course was having three years of that creative wow. environment. Three you know, you, you're just surrounded by creative people who are doing the same thing as you or the same area, but different things. And, you know, having that environment and the time to write every week, you know, in, in the first year of the course, you we had to write three songs every week. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's, that's great, though. You're really flexing insane, the, the muscle. Yeah, I think on writing. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, it's, like I say, it's a muscle. It's definitely a muscle. One of our tutors described it like that. It's like, you know, you have to train your songwriting muscle. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't go to the gym and expect to, you know, bench 150 keys and on, on your Once first every try. two weeks yeah yeah 
you know you have to you have to do it regularly and keep that muscle trained and <clears throat> and and build it up you know you have to you have to get past that that fear of writing something bad as well because you know everybody writes bad stuff it's just wading through the bad stuff to get to the good stuff um i think as ed sheeran once described it as like turning on a turning on a tap that's been gone rusty for a bit and you have to kind of let it flow for a bit to get through all of that orange mucky rusty water before you get the nice clean stuff coming out and yeah, i like that i, I don't know who said that yeah it's hard to do that isn't it i think it's easier said than done but in the long run that's the one of the things that keeps recurring like a recurring thing people keep saying on these is go through the bad songs and even somebody the other day said to me you have to kind of finish the bad songs and you have yeah. to go back to them as if you're going back to i don't know like what's what's a good analogy there it's like going back to i guess in, in a friendship or something you, you you let things kind of pass and then you go back to it with all this new knowledge and you kind of resurrect it yeah one of the things that they sort of really pressed on us when we were doing it is that like the writing the song is fine but almost like almost as important as writing a song is rewriting the song and coming back to it and going you know i need to make this bit better and i think i see so many people on like i'm sure like lots of people i'm in lots of different groups on facebook and things like that for different musicians in different areas and people are always like how do i finish songs how do i make my songs better and I'm like you've got to be really objective about it you know one thing I always say to people when they when they ask me how to make their songs better is like, look at your song, be objective, think about why you don't like it, and go, I don't like I don't like this bit for this reason. And when you know why you don't like it, it's much easier to then change it and make it into something you do like. If you just go, oh, I don't like it, and don't think about it anymore, then you never going to improve yeah, it because it's sad it was something that could be really good isn't it you throw in literally like i i there's so many logic projects I, I put into the trash bin on my mac and i think sometimes then i'll go back to it in about a month and i'll think where i want to i've got an idea now like where is that song and it's gone so you're right it's it's about um like why and also with the whole why don't i like that sometimes a lot of a lot of people have come on the show and they've said that all the bad songs they've done or the worst songs actually turned out to be the favorites of other people which yeah. is really interesting because you obviously write for yourself. That's another big topic on this podcast. Do you write for yourself or for other people? Obviously, as artists, we're going to express ourselves, but especially in the songwriting degree, I was. We were all definitely obliged to. I would do what uh, this guy. He was really cool, Matt. He he was my main tutor. I did kind of point, obviously, because of the grades. I wanted to get a good grade. I did point a lot of stuff. I'm going to change. I'm going to put. I'm going to A A B A sort of song structure as opposed to A B A B. Yeah. Um, it's interesting yeah it's, it's it's some good little things there but yeah so I think just like Ed Sheeran said let the tap run <laughs> for those who are struggling yeah. you know it chances are it's going to happen and, and if not then you could just move on to something else with some of those components that you did like yeah. in that song like if you if you write a bad line what's the worst thing that happens like yeah. someone's going to enjoy it, change I it. Think. exactly and there's always yeah. songs that we don't like that people say actually no i like that there's one so i released an album for my songwriting degree and it was the one song i thought everyone would think chloe lazy writing not good just a time filler they all say to me that was the best song and i'm shocked every every time people listen it's yeah, mad isn't it on the flip side of that there's the songs that we write that we absolutely love and we're like yes this is the best song i've ever written and then people like show no. it to people and they're just like mm. It's so heartbreaking when that happens, though, isn't it? Because you kind of, you fall in love. But I suppose it's nice that we have that with our songs. I think it's always valid to fall in love 
uh, with our songs as narcissistic as it sounds. <laughs> yeah, I think you've got to. to you hear them so much. Exactly, yeah. And what do you work on, by the way? Uh, like, what door do you work on, like, when you produce? Logic. Yeah, logic. logic. So many, uh, like, 98% of people on this. Uh, I, I'm, I, I've tried Pro Tools before, didn't get on with it, really. And yeah, so, I, like, right. I can... I can, you know, I can run Pro Tools if I have to, but I don't enjoy it. Yeah, um, I didn't enjoy actually, it. Actually, when, when, when I was at school, I did um, A-level music tech and we had uh, Sonar 8 uh, by Cakewalk and that was, that was what I learned on and it was awful. Oh, no. Absolutely terrible. No. You've got to find and what's then, comfortable. I, th- I think logic's just easier to... It, it's, yeah, it's, to it's me, very it's, easy. It's, yeah, you can, it's got a nice approach. Like, yeah, especially if you've, you've started on like GarageBand or something like that. It's it's a very easy transition. I wouldn't even think you need too much tutorials with logic. I remember when I first used it at college about 10 years ago. It's quite easy. You've got your new track, then you've got record, you've got play, you've got to see how much you've done. Uh, I'm still learning. I probably literally, it's like the C. It's, I think a lot of it for me is undiscovered. But um, yeah, I'm glad you, you use logic. And because uh, the reason I said that was because you said, you know, you kind of get sick of hearing the same old thing. I know in logic, obviously, when I, I try, I actually write in logic, I kind of produce as I go. That's what I do because it's more fun when you've got like synthesizers, as you can see. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting yeah the, the whole getting sick of yourself but then you're having to spend more time on it, it it's an interesting thing to talk about yeah I, think- I i try and i try and put myself out of the moment and like forget the fact that it's my own work that i'm working on and that's a nice way to do it, actually uh, yeah like, it's just help, helps me to sort of be objective and go okay this is good this is not good mm. and yeah it's quite easy to do that with I find that's good with the instrumentals when if I just take my singing off but when I put my singing on it is a bit like oh that's me but I stick so many sort of delays and reverbs I just say you gotta approach it like it's somebody else I hate listening to my own voice yeah and imagine because you're a producer you're quite a perfectionist as well I imagine if that's what you've done for a long time you must have to hear it so many times because you, you produce so you have to, it's not like you just go on it for an hour you probably spend how, yeah. how long did it spend to do put it on a postcard actually i'm curious i don't know <laughs> i i don't know That's the well, answer. <laughs> like hours let's see i i because obviously you don't do it all in one session but no, i no. when did i make the first i don't know i don't know when what date i made the first draft of it yeah, when did you record it? I should have asked that earlier on, actually. Okay, so I wrote it in early on in lockdown. Mm-hmm. So it would have been about eight, sometime around April, I think. Um, I would have sort of written the first draft. So like, like you said, like you do a lot of writing and production at the same time. And I do, I do that a lot as well. Mm-hmm. But then with this song, like I just sat, I picked up my guitar and it sort of all flowed out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but the first, the first Logic project I created was on the 1st of June, uh, 2020. Okay. And then the last sort of project for the, for that production session was in September. Uh, I started mixing it in October and finished mixing it in January. You're like me, kind of, obviously, because of other things you've had to be doing probably. 
it does take yeah, quite a so while, like, doesn't it? To you keep going back and forth, don't you? And yeah, it's obviously like I've got five tracks on the project that I'm going to be releasing through the year. So all, all of those were done in roughly the same timeline, sort of from March, April through to January. Um, and then I was working on things for other people as well. So obviously we were we were releasing Lawrence projects. Um, and there's another artist that I work with called Sophie Freer. Um, and there's sort of two or three singles that we've done with her in that time as well, as well as my, I'm doing a master's degree at the moment. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. That's cool. What are you doing it in? Record production. Of course you are. Of course you are. Of like, course. well, of course I'm going to, it's not going to be biology or something like that. You know, you're obviously really into your, that is, is that the same uni then? No, I'm doing this one still in London, but a different uni, the um, University of West London. So are you, are you, are you in London now? Yeah. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. But you're originally from Halifax? Yeah, originally. Can't hear the... I, I used to live uh, near Huddersfield and I, I just... I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, I can't hear the, the, the Yorkshire. Well, not, probably oh, me either, but... <laughs> it's it's there, but it's um, not as strong as it used to be. The London's buried it, I think. You're kind of, it's kind of sugar-coated. Still, <laughs> uh, the, the, clue is, the clue is in like the short vowel sounds. Oh, yeah. Like, like two like, instead of... Oh, no, no, like, like saying last and... Oh, yeah. like last yes last yeah that's true actually i mean, I do miss that last, area glass they call it the facts don't they like he goes yeah. to the facts tonight or yeah yeah awesome no that's that's cool i hope that actually when did you start the masters was it last september uh it was september 2019 oh so well, wow doing over two years so you, you had a bit of the normal the normal yeah. experience and now it's all i'm guessing it's all yeah to me like though right a semester and a half i think though p- courses like production are what's the word valid on zoom because if you're if you're doing like a share screen type of thing of your tutors you don't really mm. need to be there like with performance you do but maybe yeah. i'm wrong i don't know i mean yeah like take like taking the classes and stuff on zoom is is okay because like say you can do the share screen and share the audio and things like that what is what's sort of really frustrating is not being able to get into the uni to use the facilities use the studios Good point. And, uh you know they've got all these amazing high-tech studios with great desks and you know microphones that are old and worth thousands of pounds oh. that are just locked up in the building that's closed um, you've got to so use your own device something. like you've got to use yeah. obviously what you guys have i'm sure you've got a nice because you obviously from what i've heard the music sounds great but it wouldn't be the same i forget of course when we did it at cardiff we had all those studios and we could literally use them i think we used them even for months after they just let us go in with our cards but um, yeah. that, that sucks well, i'm sorry about that yeah i mean this this whole ep was made in this room oh yeah but that's quite good though because you know that you're capable of doing that in your future releases and to me it sounds great the production is fantastic the, the quality yeah. of it as well is good it's very I mean, if i'm honest yeah. i i prefer I don't, I, I don't really enjoy going into a big studio that much unless it's for a specific reason. Like um, Phineas, um, who produced Billie Eilish, obviously, he said, he, he t- there's a tweet that keeps going around all these groups that I'm in. And he's saying, um, I don't know, something like, I don't know why everyone loves going into big studios. It takes them an hour to find the aux cord. Well, it's, it's probably um, true, actually, isn't it? Like, I, yeah, I, like, I like being in a little home studio because uh, it's more comfortable. I can do things that I want more quickly. You know, if 
if I want to you know record live drums or something like that then obviously you need a bigger space and more microphones and and a bigger desk and things like that but or if you if you're recording a band in one go or a group of people if, but if it's just if you're if you're only recording one person at a time or one instrument at a time you don't really need it and you know there's the you know the the pros and cons of analog gear that you can get in a studio but um i think as well, really well if there's people digital if, if there's people who are working there it's kind of i remember when i did my album for the, the songwriting masters there were times when people would walk in and hey what are you up to and there was an obligation like oh is that how you mix whereas if you're in your room like you're doing now not that people would judge because you've obviously done a lot you know your stuff with production you've been doing tech since you were um did you say it was in uni or college oh no in school you said you did yeah back in so you've done all yeah, about, yeah. I assume you went to college as well to do was it like BTEX and stuff no I did I just did I did A-levels um at school which is like a normal school um and then I went and did the songwriting undergrad degree um okay. oh wow okay that's, that's awesome yeah. had a few years off and started doing the masters in production um but like uh, as Obviously, I, I I do did production for myself all the time yeah. when I was when I started like right from when I started and you know it wasn't very good to start with but nothing ever is. Um, it's and like then, anything you practice, don't you? But yeah, and we had we yeah. had production classes at school at uni for on on the songwriting course. That's so that for for because there were some people obviously who had never done production themselves. Mm. Um, so they they taught that and sort of. Um, you could hire out the studios at the uni and things like that and get to know that. And we had, we had a few production classes, but um, yeah. And yeah, the master's cool. is like the first sort of proper level of like official teaching, I guess, apart from the, the A-level, which was more just like, this is how you set up a microphone. Did, did you do on your three year, you said it was three years, your songwriting course, didn't yeah. you? Was that songwriting and music production or was that just songwriting? It was like it's just songwriting, but we had that was with it as well. Yeah, like, yeah, just so that yeah. so that people could record themselves if they wanted to. Yeah, I, I can't imagine to be honest, guys who do this, and I, I really respect this. But songwriters who don't produce, or even when I say produce, I don't mean like like I don't know, like the top producers. You know, I can't imagine writing or having the passion to write if I didn't have logic or maybe yeah, pro you need it i think for the intention of the yeah, song yeah i think it's just even so you can make a, a demo totally like that's yeah that's the thing that they were doing with us like they they give you production classes so that you can make a demo if you're not a producer yourself and then you can take that demo to someone else and cuz it's just having you know even if it's just a couple of instruments like yeah. stock logic piano and you it drives it doesn't it straight in and do a vocal it's just the drums like I'm not and I really don't know much about drums I, I am in a band and we have a drummer so I just leave it to him but with mm. recently I, f I found out how to sort of play around with the drummer feature with loops with midi drums and it's it just helps me to know it drives what I want out of my songs usually I just do indie pop like you do um with the, yeah. maybe pop ballads but I just even like you said just the <coughs> piano just messing around with that I couldn't just mm. sit on my bed Obviously, if you have one of those days where you're on your guitar and you have something to say, that's fine. You just play guitar in and then it's just you and it's nice. But yeah, I just can't mm. imagine. If I didn't have logic, I think I'd be ruined. I think a lot of people don't realise, or, or sorry, Ableton, Pro Tools, GarageBand, so on and so forth. I think it's um, it really helps and it's, it's good because you get to 
practice what you want like I I mm. like doing pop electronic music and I like playing like two days ago I spent about three hours just playing and working on space designer you know like the size and the attack yeah. and it's 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 actually really like, fun to do if yeah and if you're if you're writing with production it can really influence how you how you write and it can change what you come out with rather than if you're just writing on a piano or, or a guitar absolutely you're kind of limited i mean that's i know that's the point of acoustic music <clears> it's very stripped back but as you say it, it does you, you're constantly oh i've got that synth i'm going to write something with that or like the yeah, vocoder. I, mean, I wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily say it's, it's limiting it's just different mm. yeah it's a lot more stripped back though isn't it like and yeah. i suppose that is itself an intention like i know sometimes i should go on my guitar more i've got two guitars that look at me and i think I'm so I cover up sometimes what I, I want to say because I have all these things and people say I can't hear what you're saying and I'm like yeah that's the I love all the like uh, there's all these voice effects you can get and presets and plugins and I love it it's so colorful to me it's quite visual when mm. you when you do a song and I can spend hours just playing with it but sometimes it's quite nice just to have the guitar or I'm sure that you've done acoustic songs and like on I was going to ask if you, if you did live streams last year as well and if you did any of your songs acoustically I'm sure you did I I didn't actually do any live streams myself oh, wow. that's a surprise uh, I thought you would have done to be honest because you seem I'm like not, you're very proactive but I don't know I'm not much of the like the performer wow um like like, like I said I didn't I wasn't enjoying performing <laughs> yeah I, I wasn't enjoying performing on the old project so that's why I stopped doing it Whereas wow. this, and I think me, even with when when things open up again, I'm not sure I'll be performing. It might like, wow. It's for me. My my main focus is still going to be working with other people, but this is just I don't know. This project is just a vessel for the music that that I write that doesn't fit with any of the projects that I do. Wow, that I still want to get out. Your episode 32, and I think you're the first person who has said sort of like, I'm actually not that bothered about going back to gigs. So this is very refreshing I, to me. I, but... I'm very excited about going back to gigs as an audience member. <laughs> but just not as a performer. <laughs> yeah, and like, I, I, I don't mind performing if I'm part of the band and not the focus. So there's, you know, if I'm just playing guitar for someone else, I'm I love that. I love it. But I don't like... I don't like being the front person. There's a lot of pressure on me. Um, yeah, there's a lot of pressure. Was like, yeah. It was when I, when I decided that I didn't want to do that, it was, it was strange because it was a complete change from everything that I'd done before. You know, when I was at school, I was a teenager. I was in, I was in rock bands and stuff, playing guitar and singing. Uh, and then I just, all of a sudden I was like, okay, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be the, the focus. I don't want to be the performer, the front person. And then you know, I do. I spent five, six years telling everyone else and myself that I'm not a performer, and then I decide to do another project again. So it's a bit weird for me. Still, like kind of thinking about it, but it's it's nice though because obviously, as artists or as writers, you can do. Especially now that it's lockdown, it's kind of perfect for you because it's all online and it's all kind of. Yeah. You obviously, I should have seen obviously from the the cloud anonymous picture, uh, that concept it's i suppose that makes a lot of sense that you're kind of I, I feel a bit of pressure there is a lot of pressure for front people even if you're just in someone's band i think there's and mm. uh i was going to do that i always say this to people in the next series of these podcasts if i do a second one i was going to do it on performance anxiety and why some people just don't want to perform and um yeah it, it's interesting but 
Yeah, I was surprised. I was going to, because I always ask, like, how did this song go down when you did it live? I mean, it's hard to ask that in these times, but I guess yeah. you, you wouldn't know because you, you didn't even do it on like a, on an IGTV or a Facebook Live or YouTube no. Live. It's very, so you've never done it live. That's really interesting, it's, actually. Yeah, there's only a handful of people who have actually heard these songs yet. Oh, wow. Um, so you're quite, yeah, wow. I yeah. quite like that though. Not, it even, seems... not even my mum's heard it yet. Wow, wow, guys, it's 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 a you guys are uh, what's the word privileged or honoured? You know, his mum hasn't even heard it. <laughs> Although um, she was very excited when I told her that I was doing another artist project. Yeah, I bet you should you should show it to her though. But I suppose because it's out on in March, isn't it? Uh, put it on a postcard. Yeah. So I suppose it's she can hear it then. Maybe Mother Mother's Day present, right? Yeah. Totally. March the 14th <laughs> don't forget guys in, in England or wherever Wales um yeah that's awesome I guess I've gone so over Zoom might cut me off but I do want to know because you seem like you love your music your, your ethic is up there like high standard but how have you stayed motivated in these times when you've just wanted to just be like do you know what mate I'm not feeling it what have you done to kick yourself out of bed metaphorically yourself out of bed sorry not kick yourself out of bed that's a bit of a weird analogy oh, but you know what I mean. uh, or actually the question is have you been motivated because it might be hard to answer if it's not you know I, I like well like I said earlier at the start of lockdown in back in March April I was so motivated like I just filled with ideas really productive really motivated to do stuff and that kind of gradually declined like I'd like, I think that was quite common for a lot of people. A lot of people, they suddenly had all this time and they were like, I want to do stuff. And that gradually declined as we went through and it got longer. And then, but I don't know, like, I, I just love music and having this project is kind of, mo like just having the project there to be done has motivated me to do it. Um, and just doing other things, taking, but yeah, taking a break from music for a few days, you know, a week and not, not doing any work just doing it for fun I think is yeah. helps when you come back to the work for it to be more enjoyable yeah that sounds fair I think we can have fun with it that's the nice thing if you love music that much people say to me what do you do when you're not doing music and I say I do music you know if I go for my exercise this afternoon me going and listen to my discover weekly isn't a chore for me that's like I can't wait to yeah. fall in love with 20 new songs or or podcast yeah. I've got people in the podcast and I've, I've, I've got uh I'm going to be doing I'm going to space it out a bit in the next few weeks, but I can't wait to listen to, there's about 10 people coming up and I can't wait to listen to their music like I did with yours. So it's yeah. good. And I like how you said you take some days off as well, because I always think like Chloe, you got no time to waste. There's so many people doing it out, like out there doing it, but it's, it's important, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Especially right. like in, in the middle of a pandemic, it's, you know, you don't have, you don't have to be productive. It's perfectly reasonable to, to say like, well, we're in a lockdown, we're in a pandemic. I feel awful today. I'm just going to take a day for myself and sit and watch TV and drink a cup of tea yeah. and do nothing all day, you know? Mm. And then say, okay, that's going to be good because then when I come back to it tomorrow, I'm going to be much more energized and refreshed and I can be actually more productive doing everything in one day than if I tried to just sort of sit down and do it today and it's taken me two days and I've got nowhere. Yeah. 
I think you should put it on. Yeah, you should do as well. And I'm not sure if you're bothered about this, but I feel this would go well in a lot of indie pop playlists, which I listen to. So I think you should do. I, I'm not too big on submitting. I don't know really the, the do's and don'ts, but I think you should definitely submit this when you release it to yeah. and stick it on Spotify because that's how people find them. Yeah, to, that's, yeah. it's going to be out on like all the major streaming platforms on oh, okay. 1st March. Oh, I see. So it's like iTunes, Apple. Yeah, iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, Deezer. Oh, that's great. I was going to say, like, because people, if they're like me, Spotify is the one, so I can add it to my, my tunes playlist. And obviously, I think I just, yeah. yeah, there's so many playlists I listen to, and I just see this fitting in. It's like something I would probably download. Actually, yeah, that's why I was so happy. Oh, nice. People doing TikTok dance to it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I still, I'm not into, I still can't get into TikTok pop. I, I know no, it's a good, I'm just like, I don't I've know got, why. I've got some friends who do it, but I don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe we're too old. I think so. I thought it was like, is it maybe not a songwriter thing? But I think you're right. I think it's the, more the age thing because I'm. So I've got most most of the people that I know who are doing it are like in their early twenties or teenagers, and I've gone past that. How, how old are you actually? I won't put this on the thing. I'll cut it out. But how? I yeah. I'm actually releasing a single on my birthday, uh, and I'm going to be twenty six. Oh, okay. Oh, you're not old. Come on. I thought when you were talking, I thought is not this old, a, old. Is this a guy who looks like he's 33, but is that you know? It's, sorry, who seem who who is 33, but he looks like he's 21. That's what I thought. This, that's where I thought this was going. No, but, but like all, all the people young. who I know who are doing TikTok are like 20. Um, yeah, I just don't like it. It's too in your face. I think I don't know. I think the it's too much. Uh, someone else that I knew from uni who said some did a, like a blog post about it or something. And they said that it's because TikTok is very, because it's, it's all video based. It's all, you're, you're always performing. Mm. Whereas with Instagram, you can put stills down and like Facebook, you can just do text and yeah, Twitter, Twitter and stuff well. like that. It's, yeah. it's very like static, I guess. I Whereas like videos is very, you're, you're always on, you're always performing and it, it's quite, it can be quite draining. Yeah, I couldn't I also, do it. If I was doing TikTok, I don't know what I'd make videos about. I thought that, and someone said, "Well, you're a singer-songwriter, close, so why don't you do it?" And I said, "I don't feel that's kind of the audience of TikTok. I feel it. Obviously, if you're someone like like Taylor Swift or Ed Sheeran or even Gordon <clears> Ramsay, <throat> people will watch it, but it it seems a bit serious for TikTok. Me sitting there with a the piano. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know. Like, someone suggested that I do like production videos and like how to get a certain sound and like yeah but how do I do that in like 30 seconds uh, yeah that is a good idea though but again I, th- I suppose you'd have to make it really really short wouldn't you and efficient um yeah and how I, would I you do my, that yeah I, like the longest you can do a TikTok video is under a minute so oh, forget that no you can't really like, explain anything production wise I don't think maybe a bit of EQing but you'd have to rush it I think and fast forward it <laughs> even compression like, yeah like how do you how do you do this in under a minute um i've got a friend who does like loads of acapella stuff and like sings a verse of a song or whatever and builds it up with a loop pedal yeah and the harmony Um, thing i see a lot of mates even who are my age who i'm 27 so i'm sort of ish same age as you but um yeah i don't know i think it's good as well for comedians like i've got a mate who does a lot of stand-up and he's he's got like he's up there he's got so many followers now and it's for him it's like you've got this great window that you've discovered in lockdown but I just mm. don't, I feel a bit, not old, but I do feel a bit like, oh, I'm so out of the loop. It's like Snapchat. I still, I don't really do Snapchat anymore. Like people say streak. Yeah, so I, what's that mean? Yeah, I, I did Snapchat. Like early 20s, I think ago. late teens. Yeah. Yeah. 20, 21 like, maybe, but. Yeah. And then I just stopped using it because yeah. I don't know. 
I, I just like wasn't. In, I like Instagram. Do you like in, That's like my favorite. I think I like the pictures I, and. Gotta be honest. It took me a long time to get into Instagram, and I still don't. Really, I'm not. I do it because I have to, not because I want to. It's a good promotion tool. Yeah, I like, need to actually get your I, handle actually for later. But yeah. It's, yeah, it's just Richard Mark Music. Okay. Um, I'll tell you. It should be on the uh, on the EPK that I sent you on, like the press release. I think it is actually. Yeah, um, I think I probably but, I might already follow you, but. Yeah, I d- but I suppose I think girls do better with Instagram. It's not better, but I think girls kind of prefer it because we do like to get dressed up and, hey, yeah. it's my birthday. I, I enjoyed I, dressing I, up yesterday, you know. And it was- I still like Facebook. Yeah, you can't Facebook's be- the most that's interactive. The one. My- yeah. It's, it's the most interactive if you're, like, yeah. as a promotional tool, it's not really there anymore. If you, like, you know, nobody pays attention to musicians, mm. artists' pages unless they're massive. I agree with that. I don't get many. I get so more like, likes on my normal one. Instagram is the one. Yeah. But, like for just for talking, like for catching up and interacting with friends, Facebook is for me. I think it's it's the best one because you've got everything. You've. There's a hundred other ways that you could break my heart. Two years that we've been together. Yeah, I know things could have been better. We were always sharing songs and headphones But it seems that you didn't remember But you didn't have the guts To say it to my face You could have put it in a postcard There's a hundred other ways that you Could break my heart like with a phone call Or telling me the truth at your blue front door It didn't have to be Stupid text when you're making me an ex Could have put it in a postcard You could have put it in a postcard It had been a long hot summer And we didn't get to see each other I was counting down the days to see you Could have told me it was already over But you didn't have the guts to say it to my face You could have put it in a postcard There's a hundred other ways that you Could break my heart like with a phone call Or telling me the truth at your blue front door It didn't have to be a stupid text When you're making me your ex Could have put it in a postcard could have put it in a postcard Found a lake through the trees near your house Threw yourself in the freezing water We were young and we're being reckless That's the moment that I knew I loved ya But you didn't have the guts To say it to my face You could have put it in a postcard there's a hundred other ways that you could break my heart like with a phone call Or telling me the truth at your blue front door Didn't have to be a stupid text when you're making me an ex Could have put it in a postcard You could have put it in a postcard You could have put it in a postcard